And now, a brand new episode of the Script to Screen News Hour here on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM with hosts Alan Mahana and Hod Solo. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Script to Screen News Hour here on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. I'm your host, Al Mahana, and as always, joining me in the studio is the solo to my Jubaka, the one and only Had Solo. Hello, Alan. How are you today? Well, it's a script to screen Saturday, so I'm doing awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's pretty good. It's pretty cool. I'm, I'm pretty excited about today. We have so much to talk about. This is what we're saying every week now, yeah. because we're so much focusing on the, the news, and yeah. we're focusing on these headlines, uh, where we're looking at the business in a brand new way. Uh, we're not uh, so jumping around on topics. It's very much what is in the headlines, this is what we're talking about, what you guys want, you know, you, our screeners, want us to be talking about, commenting on, et cetera. This is what Script to Screen News Hour has become, and it's, it's so much fun, because it keeps us pretty much updated all the time now because we have to be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not just a hobby anymore. It's we actually need to know what's happening. We need to read a lot of articles for you guys. A lot of news. A lot of news. But, but it's good because there's always something happening in Hollywood or, or in the world or in the series yeah, world. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it's nice to keep people up to date. I mean, we want to tell you what's happening. We want you to know what's going on out there. And, mm -hmm. and there's always so much. And with our little two cents, if exactly, I may say. Yeah. I think this is the part that I love about what we're doing on NewsHour the most. It's not just that we're reading the news headlines, it's that we're also putting in our opinion. We're commenting on it, not just as a, you know, so this is what's happening, but this is what's happening and here's what we think about it. Here's our script-to-screen perspective, if yeah, you will. Totally. And, that, and that's kind of what I like uh, about what we're doing here because, again, um, we want to start the conversation. We want to be part of that conversation. And totally. Yep. Putting in our perspective kind of keeps us in the loop. It keeps us, um, like I said, updated, and it keeps us uh, keeps the conversation alive. Completely. Basically. Completely true. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So as always, we are bringing back the 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 movie of the week segment. Yeah. Uh, we didn't do that last week. Um, we didn't necessarily the, the, have a movie of the week yeah. and. It was kind of our first time doing script to the screen news hour, so we didn't want to overstuff the episode. But we're back with news uh, with movie of the week, yeah. Uh, and we both saw a film earlier this week uh, by the name of Alpha, yeah, uh, distributed in Lebanon by Empire Movies. Yes, completely. So, what you think? Let me let me start by telling you a funny story, and okay. then I'll tell you what I think about the movie. Sure. I woke up this morning and I'm um, you know preparing myself, you know like reading and, and gathering some info for the show today. And I'm like, what's the movie of the week? Oh, and I, no. And, I, and, and it made me realize that effectively my initial reaction to the movie was, was kind of true. Okay. Uh, let's, let's talk about the movie technically sure, already. Sure. 
visually, the movie is stunning. Absolutely. It's, a, it's eye candy. There are some amazing shots, and you really feel that you're... Because the, the movie takes place in prehistoric times, and you feel you are in prehistoric yeah, times. The Cro-Magnon age, Yes. If you will. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Very, yeah, very well yeah, played. Yeah, yeah. But, but here's the thing. It's a movie, but besides that, everything is at two opposites to po- uh, like polar mm-hmm. ice caps <laughs> uh, so so for example <laughs> good one yeah. <laughs> it's a little delayed but i got it <laughs> it's, it's uh, so for example like the cgi you have some scenes where it's like wow this yeah. cgi is really good and then you're another scene where you're like what this is so bad bad execution yeah. is so poor uh the, the acting you had some very touching scenes and some less touching ones. Yeah, exactly. Um, this was my this was my initial problem with um, with Alpha is mm. that it was one of those films that I really wanted to love. Yeah. Because I'm a dog person. Mm-hmm. Uh, because uh, I believe wolves are my spirit animals. Yeah. Uh, I, I I've donated to. Do you wolf have a dog? Reservations. I have a dog. Yeah. So I really, really desperately wanted to love this film. And I didn't. Mm. And I feel like it's because the film didn't necessarily trust its audience as much as it should have. Yeah. For the first time ever, and I know a lot of, uh, if my students are listening right now, that you're probably going to, you know, um, go crazy when you hear this. I think for the first time ever, I wanted this film to have no dialogue. Mm -hmm. I didn't want it to have this uh, prehistoric language. Um, I didn't want it to have any dialogue for that matter. Um, I, I... the images were enough mm-hmm. to tell me what was happening, to tell me the story, to connect me on a much deeper level with, you know, man and wolf and man and nature and, and all that stuff. Um, I want to agree with you. I think they, the filmmaker and the cinematographer took so much advantage of the location, um, which they shot all over the place. Um, they were, uh, you know, internationally, they yep. went and filmed in a bunch of different areas. Um, According to the production notes, um, they used uh, uh, seriously like high tech lenses. It shows. Um, you know, they did a lot of visual work. What they didn't work on was the screenplay, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It was the story that was lacking, and this was a story that you had such a great opportunity to to put so much heart in a story like this, to have me crying at the end of the movie, uh, to have me literally worrying about every single moment where the, these two uh, beings, and I'm not gonna, you know, like, because they're beings. Yeah. It's not a, about a man and a wolf, it's about two beings becoming kind of one and being connected on a, on a much deeper spiritual level, cosmic mm-hmm. level, if you will. Um, and this was, a missed opportunity for me because I felt no connection to either the the main character nor the wolf. Mm-hmm. Although Cody, uh, Cody, I think it's uh, Cody Smith's McFee. They have very complicated names. His name, way. man, the actor's name kills me. And he was in Let the, the Right One In. Um, he's been in a bunch of films as well. Uh, oh, I know his first name is Cody. And I know it's Cody spelt with a K as well. Um, hang on real quick. Um, because I, I, I want to get this. I want to get this right. Anyway, uh, and, you know, because I don't want to waste too much time. But uh, the main actor did a good job. Yeah. But it wasn't. The, the story didn't help yes. him. Um, the narrative didn't help him. Okay, so his name is Cody Smith. Smith. There it is. So I was right. Cody Smith McPhee. Yeah. Um, uh, which is you're right. It is. It is kind of a. 
And the guy who plays his father is like Swedish or something. Yeah, has he, very, he is Swedish. Yeah. Um, so for me, the story wasn't enough. Visually, you're 100% right. The film is a feast. I mean, some of the shot, one, my favorite shot is the one with the ice. Yeah. It's that wide shot with the ice, with, with the underwater, Cody underwater and, and the wolf jumping, jumping over water. I mean, wow. Talk about visual symbolism uh, to, uh, to the one millionth percent. Um, but it just it wasn't enough to carry the film. And the film isn't even long, but it felt like a decade. Yeah. There's a lot of walking in this there's movie. The, there's so much walking. You, 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 okay, you know that they're struggling. You know that they're going through a lot, but it, it, it's not something we've never seen before. Yeah, like it's I wanted more over. things to happen. We, we, we really wanted to see that bond between the wolf and, and, and Keda? What, what? Keda, Keda, yeah. Keda, uh, be, be more powerful. And, and, and there's a saber tooth, I guess, who is the villain, the, the, yep. the really, I don't know. I don't, I was disappointed too. You know what film between a man and another being gave me a much stronger connection? No, tell me. The Good Dinosaur. Oh, okay. Yes, yes. I mean, I was bawling at the end mm-hmm. of that movie. I was in tears yeah. at the end of that movie. And it's, I mean, again, it's Pixar. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and, and it's known to be one of their kind of missteps. Yeah, I don't know why that is seen as a misstep. Yeah. I thought the film was excellent. It, w- um, it was nice, yeah. Yeah, but as a script-to-screen rating, I mean, again, if you want to go see a beautiful National Geographic documentary, go uh, yeah. and watch it. I um, mean, because, again, it's a beautiful feast. And, look, any dog lover out there is going to bond with the film. It's not going to be as strong a bond as it should be, but you're going to bond with it anyway. Um, I mean, I wanted to hug the wolf, honestly. Yeah. Look, it's not an annoying movie. It's not a bad movie. It's just no, a meh it's just, kind of yeah, movie. Yeah, it's meh. It's forgetful. It's Again, very forgetful. Waking up this morning and not being able to remember this this film shows you a lot. Yeah. I mean, they tried. They have nice scenes, as you said, and and but that's it. Yeah. I mean, the, I, like personally, I would give it. I would have given it a five out of ten. But the scenes, the visuals, gives it a six. It just pushes yeah. it. A bit, just a bit more, like Again, a tad more, but that's pretty much it. I love this because I gave it a three. Yeah. So, I mean, we're three on... Three out of five. Three six out of five, yeah. yeah. Three, six yeah. out of ten, three out of five. So we're, we're literally mm-hmm. on the same level as always. And with us is our guest for this following segment, the great uh, founder of the Beirut Film Society, among a million other things, the fantastic Sam Lahoud. Hello. You make me smile every time you do the introduction. <laughs> I feel like I'm the Pope, like the great, you know, Peter the great. The legendary. Grand introductions by Alan, always. His, 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 you know, his legacy precedes him. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Alan. This is uh, very kind from you. You are returning to Script to Screen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, you were on the show. You, you were on the show once before, but now the show's evolved so many times. Uh, which I am certain you have also evolved uh, since we last uh, spoke. Um, So for those new listeners, new screeners that are uh, tuning into the show now, why don't we give them a little bit of information about what the Beirut Film Society is before we delve uh, deeper into uh, your new adventures and uh, uh, projects with uh, Beirut Film Society. Thank you, guys, for having me with you. We're glad to have you. Uh, Thank you, Alan. For the introduction, well, uh, Beirut Film Society is a was a movement, like a movement of uh, artistic movement of collaboration between uh, different young uh, uh, 
a person in the field, in the field of filmmaking. We mm -hmm. started working together, but without giving it this name. It was, we, we, we took a slogan called Cinema for a Coast since 2007. Okay. And we started doing a lot of activities, mainly related to uh, training, uh, cultural uh, events, uh, cine club, mm -hmm. uh, 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 productions, small productions. Yeah. Uh, consultancy, helping young people in script writing here and there in projects. And then uh, uh, those, the same people in this movement, we established together in the U Film Festival, and later part of us uh, went into production, others mm -hmm. went into the professional field and to different uh, uh, sectors. And we decided lately to, uh, to organize this, those, all those activities in, in an official organization or association called Beirut Film Society. Mm -hmm. And we made it like official with Mukhabar, with those, every, all those uh, uh, official documents mm -hmm. with the government. Mm -hmm. So uh, last year, in 2017, 17. and the main objective of this uh, association or this NGO is to... Uh, spread the Lebanese, the cinema culture in everywhere in the country, especially okay. in the places that are, that are not reachable, where they don't have uh, accessibility to cinema, and also spread the Lebanese cinema around the world, everywhere in the world. So we okay. established the uh, Lebanese Film Festival in Canada. Okay. We, organize, we are now in five cities, and next week we will start the second chapter of Montreal and Ottawa. Wow, so okay. next Saturday I'm traveling to... Uh, Canada, we are we are launching the Montreal chapter, the second uh, edition, and then we move to Ottawa, and in October it's in Toronto, in March in Vancouver, and in May in Halifax. Wow! So okay. we have a program, That's and amazing. this program tours. It starts with Montreal, with the central event, and then it tours all around the Canadian cities, okay. wherever there is Lebanese. I'm programming also now a program for uh, uh, for Boston. Okay. Uh, there's also the Lebanese. Uh, uh, Citizen Lebanese, I mean uh, immigrants there, so okay. they want uh, to, uh, to organize a Yeah, program. Boston has a big Lebanese population. Exactly. It's everywhere, you know, in the world. Yeah. And in Los Angeles also, that's, uh, the council, the Lebanese ambassador uh, wants to organize something. Uh, I also programmed for uh, Guanajuato Film Festival in Mexico and for Ujda Film Festival in Morocco. And in November, we have also, Lebanon will be the special guest of uh, Festival International du Film d'Auteur uh, Arabat Morocco. Wow. Uh, so okay. also, uh, I, I did the program together with my colleagues in, the, mm -hmm. um, in uh, Beirut Film Society. And we established also uh, Beirut International Women Film Festival. And yep. now we are working on uh, Beirut uh, Children and Family Film Festival. So as you see, it's uh, all in the same circle, promoting for responsible cinema, promoting for cinema for a cause, promoting for Lebanese cinema everywhere in the mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. In the world. world. Wherever there is Lebanese somewhere so. And also helping in programming Lebanese films and other festivals. That's, that's fantastic. This that's, is that's just fantastic. A, a very fast brief. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot. Um, so what are, what are some of... Uh, well, you kind of sort of mentioned it uh, a little bit, but what are some of the uh, plans for, or let's say projects uh, for the Beirut Film Society in this coming year? Yeah. In fact, now we are running a project. We are uh, doing the fourth chapter in... Uh, next week also on Thursday called Girls for Change. Yes. And Girls that for Change... That started a little earlier in the summer, correct? Yeah, exactly. We started okay. in June. In June, yeah. And Girls for Change is a program supported by UNICEF and in collaboration with the Ministry of uh, Displaced Affairs and Ministry of Women Affairs. 
and also with uh, and you international film festival and beirut uh, women film festival okay so this initiative is a uh, capacity building initiative it's a project of training young girls adolescent girls from the most vulnerable regions in lebanon and families so those girl, uh, lebanese and syrian girls from the refugees uh, community sure and those girls they uh, they meet together like 20 to 25 uh, girls between the age of 13 and 17 and they receive a training over four days they st we start with storytelling then with script writing and the second day we receive a, a special guest one uh, famous female that made it to uh, okay. in, in in the in the, in the field, business in okay. the business uh, was in a good way you know yeah yeah and then we they take training on camera and the third day they shoot the films they write on the first day and on the first day they took uh, they take uh, uh, editing and they edit the film wow, and the end okay. result of this uh, workshop is like in for for a group of 20 girls we have four short films wow okay uh, written and uh, made by those girls uh, it's a beautiful experience it gives them hope it gives them a, a skill you know, uh, some of them, they are illiterate. They don't know mm -hmm. how to write and read. And this is a g great opportunity for them to uh, to give them a chance to learn something new. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it sounds like a great, uh, a great cause. Um, and w will those films, for example, have a special segment maybe in the... This is it. In, exactly. in one of those two festivals? Exactly. It will, we will start. Uh, when we finish Burj Hamoud next week, in fact, we did it in Wadi Khaled, then in Shtura, in Nabatiyya, and now in uh, Burj Hamoud. Mm -hmm. And we are receiving calls from some local association, other regions. Wow, they want to organize so it cool. in their regions. So now we may do in, uh, in the north another one in uh, Zgharta, Miziara, and then in another one in Kisarwain, in Matan. So uh, we are preparing another uh, bunch of uh, trainings for next year for to tour again in other regions because it was very effective and it's a pity to finish it that fast. Yeah, yeah for sure. And for sure. We, we want to cover the biggest number, uh, a bigger number of participants. You know, now we are reaching around 100. So maybe next year we reach another 150 or 200 girls, wow. okay. which is good. And the result of those training, we will do a special program. We will start with NDU International Film Festival, hopefully in November. Mm -hmm. And then we will screen them in, in uh, Women Film Festival. And we have other partners around the world that want to screen them already. Yeah. Like I have more than 10 festivals that they want this program. So hopefully if it's a good uh, uh, result. result. Yeah. So, and uh, I think we are having good ones. I already watched some, some of the films. So uh, it will do a very beautiful program, the program done by girls, those adolescent girls with... Uh, uh, that are coming from such a sometimes misery places, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Difficult doing places, this yeah. positive uh, result. For sure, for sure. And also, we are preparing something new, and this is, uh, it will be the scoop for the program today. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, we are still preparing it. It's in the funding process. Uh, it's called Cinema for Peace. So, we are wow, preparing okay. a, a camp, a summer camp, that will include around 200 filmmaker from all the Arab world, from the countries that are suffering from war conflicts, mm -hmm. like Libya, uh, Egypt, Sudan, uh, Palestine, Iraq, Syria, Saudi Arabia, Yemen, uh, from everywhere and mm -hmm. from Lebanon. And those uh, campers, filmmakers, they during this camp, 10 days camp, they will receive a long training on how to use film and audiovisual as a tool for peace. Wow. How to promote peace in their films, how to be peace sensitive 
in their films, how mm-hmm. to know what is what should be done or should not be done in order to uh, re- reduce the violence in media and in film. That's that's and fantastic. promote for more peace. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. Um, and then the, the NDU Film Festival, as you said, uh, is in November this yes. year. Uh, any any uh, possible tease as to what theme this year will be? Uh, in fact, we, in, uh, we are celebrating from 25 November to December 2nd. Hopefully okay. everything will go well. We are still waiting. You know, the last minute decisions uh, sure, will sure. define the identity of the festival for this edition. However, what we are celebrating every year since I think five years, we are celebrating this slogan of power of youth. Power of youth, Because yeah. we are uh, trying to empower youth in, uh, in building their first steps in their career. Mm-hmm. And this is what uh, we decided uh, with the team that this should be the identity of the festival, especially that it is, uh, it is celebrated in university. And the majority of the audience is from film students and uh, young filmmakers. Yeah, but I, I, and one of the things that I've always appreciated about the NDU Film Festival is that it, it uh, not only just celebrates uh, uh, the youth, but it celebrates the youth on a global level. You've constantly brought in filmmakers from abroad uh, and films from abroad. You also hold workshops at the festival, yes. which is something that not all film festivals in Lebanon do. Um, but it, it used to be, uh, you know, some of the film festivals I've attended in the U.S., all of them, they constantly have workshops. And I think this is, it's a very, um, uh, like, important, uh, essential part of a film festival to be able to sit and listen to filmmakers talk, like there are panels and, and all that stuff. And I think yes. that's one of the things that I that have constantly... Um, you know, uh, received my respect uh, uh, from my end because you, again, us on Script to Screen, we've always, specifically recently, we've always wanted the, again, we keep promoting the, the conversation, having a non-toxic, positive conversation around cinema. Uh, and I think this is part of what NDU yeah, uh, Film Festival has always done. It's a part of the mission. You know, the board members decided that this festival should have, a part of it should have this academic value, you mm-hmm. know, level. And my colleague and I, the, my uh, co-director, uh, Dr. Nicola Khabbaz, you know, worked together on this project and we uh, we built it together. So we decided from the first moment that we have to offer the audience, especially the filmmakers, a good quality uh, seminars and workshops during uh, the festival. And this is why we we bring uh, big names from the industry, from other festivals, from big festivals. La- yeah, last year we had the programmer of Toronto, TIFF, mm-hmm. and the programmer from Tampere, and from uh, around 12 festivals from VIS, Vienna Independent Shorts, and uh, I cannot name them all. You know, we had every year we have around 12 festivals in the in the 12 representatives. The, tw- exactly, 12 okay. representatives. And those represent those programmers, they want material, they want films. So this is opening an opportunity for you, those. Uh, young filmmakers that are participating at NDU to uh, to screen their films in front of programmers, and those programmers they are taking their films everywhere uh, in, the, in, other, in other festivals around the world, and which is, this is one of the values that uh, NDU gives to uh, its participants and its visitors. Yeah, and and that's uh, that's something that I've I've always appreciated. How have and you ever have you have you ever attended the festival? No, the, I've heard a lot about it. Okay, uh, we've talked so about it. You and I. Yeah. This, year, this year will be would, your first uh, visit. Would love to. <laughs> I would like to highlight something also, sure. uh, yeah. Alan, uh, that this year, this uh, last June, we signed an agreement of collaboration with Shanghai International Film Festival. Wow. We are now part of partners with 31 festivals in a alliance called. The Road and Belt Film Festivals Alliance. 
Okay. And this is this union is it, it includes so far 31 festivals and it's growing. And we are from the first group that we we, we founded this alliance. And this uh, this group includes festivals from the traditional Silk Road and Belt countries from China to Europe. that's so cool. And you know that in China they are opening this initiative since four or five years economically, artistically, culturally, politically somehow also. And uh, this is the cultural movement uh, of uh, related to this this Mm -hmm. initiative, the Belt and Road. And uh, this is this also will open other opportunities for our uh, participants and of for course, uh, of course. for uh, the young directors because all those festivals will be checking in the U like we do also we check them we check other festivals check the program to know what are the films and to hunt uh, filmmakers and good films. You know, it kind of reminds me of how film used to be distributed back before uh, you know before the world wars occurred because film used to kind of migrate like mm-hmm. it was never the you know the system of watching films across the world was very different than what it is now. You used to literally, it was like a carnival. Like you would take your film and go and set up and, you know, screen it. And so this idea of the belt, you know, like what that initiative kind of reminds me of that. It's almost like, let's just share our films with each other and, and expose artists and share artists and spread you know that the, the craft of cinema and the craft yeah. of filmmaking. In fact, this is the this is the age of cultural exchange. Yeah. You know, uh, the distances are uh, shorter and it's faster, and we can uh, reach uh, each other very fast. Yeah. And uh, uh, culture is the uh, is the fortune of uh, the present and the future. So now and nowadays, people everywhere in the world they seek for to understand other cultures, to know it, to see it. Uh, and this is part of opening to each other and uh, becoming more tolerant to each other and be- and understand each other more. This is culture always, always it opens doors between, it, it builds bridges, it doesn't build walls, you know. And uh, this is where comes the importance of giving of highlighting our cultural diplomacy in Lebanon because this is something we have to work on. We have to promote for our culture and our uh, uh, diplomatic uh, missions everywhere in the world, in the embassies, in the consulates. Uh, So I think this is the real petrol and gas of Lebanon. Yeah, for sure. And this is something I've always said is that we have a lot of talent in this country. We have a lot of talented filmmakers, a lot of talented writers, actors, editors, exactly. in fact, cinematographers. We just lack the proper support. Yeah. In and fact, we have nothing but culture and talent. Yeah, and that's very true. This is the, this is the that's very thing true. that we have to be to, uh, to brag about it. That's very true. Sam, I want to thank you so much for, for sharing all this news with us. It's very, very amazing to hear about it, uh, uh, to hear what Beirut Film Society is doing. I think it's a fantastic initiative. I can't wait for November to come along and NDU uh, IFF uh, uh, to start picking up. And uh, hopefully we'll, you know, bring you back or bring filmmakers back and, and talk with them on the show and kind of put, again, as I've done in the past, is, is put a spotlight on NDUIFF. And, and uh, because, again, I love the festival. Yeah, I love the you. atmosphere. You guys work so hard for it, and it shows every single year. So. Thank you. And you are doing a good job, especially a great job, in fact, in helping and supporting young filmmakers and Thank you. put them in the light and give them some hope. Thank you very much, Sam. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So uh, we're back with the uh, third third segment yeah. of our show. Um, delays, castings, and dramas. 
And uh, there's so much happening. So much happening in Hollywood uh, this week. Um, we'll start off with the good stuff. And yeah. then we'll kind of shuffle off towards the not so great stuff. Um, so uh, it was like a while back we heard that there was going to be a new Die Hard. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and not a lot of us were excited or, excited happy. or no? happy about it. Cause because technically Die Hard stopped after the third one and after that. Yeah, um, I mean, Live Free or Die Hard. Yeah, no. no. Um, and then the one with his son. Nope. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. All right. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so we're getting another one, except this one comes with a twist. Yeah. Um, we're he gonna sees dead people. <laughs> <laughs> Bazinga. Yeah. Um, no, so it's going to have a younger John McClane. Um, and it's... Although it's going to have Bruce Willis have in both. it, um, it's going to focus more on the younger John McClane. Now, as much as I don't like that idea, and I felt like they could have at least picked up with his son or daughter, but I think they're trying to retcon themselves maybe and kind of delete that he had a son or daughter. I don't know. Um, but um, the cool thing about that is that I, I read that Bruce Willis is actually helping with the casting of the young John McClane, which I think that's kind of dope. Honestly, because okay. nobody, I mean, look, no other franchise has done this. No other franchise has actually said to the actor that they're kind of recasting or bringing in a younger version is, hey, how about you help us pick? You know, you know, Lucasfilm, you know, you know, Lucasfilm, you know <laughs> who you should have taken into consideration? A Harrison Ford yeah. before you cast Aldrin, whatever his name is, for Solo. Yeah, look. I'm not very happy with this whole Die Hard thing, personally. I'm, I'm a big Die Hard fan. Yeah. I've always enjoyed the, the first three films. Uh, I think it should have stopped it there. I, I, I think they're actually looking to reboot the franchise one way or, or another. And, yeah. and maybe focusing on that young John McClane and, mm -hmm. and the years before the first Die Hard, they could play around with that maybe. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, when was but, the first Die Hard released? Uh, In the 80s? I think, yeah, late So 80s. we're looking at a 70s movie? Maybe. Are they gonna set it in the seventies? Probably. If it's a if it's a younger, or it could be a few years before uh, the events of the first Die Hard. I'm I'm just not too warm with the whole idea. I think they should. I think Hollywood is. We've talked about this before, but Hollywood is becoming lazy, and I think no, they should they're becoming come up, desperate. Is what they're becoming. They should, they That's should not come laziness, up with new content. Desperation. They should come up with new content, new characters. Leave John McClane alone. It was Bruce Willis's thing, uh, plus the whole idea of having an old and young Bruce Willis because it's not just focusing on the young one. Yeah, it's, yeah. Apparently, it's flashbacks. It's him and having flashbacks of when he was young. Maybe he's dying on a hospital bed. I don't know. I, Is I, this going to be like Die Hard, The Bold and the Beautiful? Wow. <laughs> I hope not. Because, you know, flashbacks and soap operas? Yeah, yeah. Or is this like the lost version of Die Hard? Die Hard Lost? And then the future. And the then they yeah, have like the, a much the older... Flash forwards and flash backwards. Yeah. <sighs> if they wanted to do, to, to me, if they wanted to do something with Die Hard, they should have done something a la Logan, something with an older kind of, yeah. Bruce, much yes. older Bruce yes. Willis. And, and kind of like, that's it. And then and end that's it. it. And just end it. Yeah. And if they want to reboot it, then okay, fine, just reboot it. But don't link Bruce Willis himself, his legacy, that character with a younger new character and what. Just start start over if, if you want to start over. Right. Uh, yeah, because Die Hard is, is, you know, such an aggressive film. It's a film. legacy, man. Yeah, just, it's just, a legacy. Just serve it 
properly, do it, do it right. You know, this is one of the things that makes me respect Spielberg so much because Spielberg has been quoted multiple times saying that the moment that Harrison Ford steps away from Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones is over. I hope, I hope Lucasfilm stick to that. Well, I mean, isn't it like both Spielberg and Lucas's property, though? I'm not sure. I, I don't know who has a bigger percentage uh, within Lucasfilm and Disney. Why, because, you know, buying Lucasfilm means you buy Indiana Jones, you buy uh, Star right, Wars. All right, so then we're, we're pretty much in the dump. So, so yeah. Yeah. Speaking of things in the dump, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 look, it started out. What a mess. What a mess. It started out with an episode, you and me, talking about it the very next day, about the whole James Gunn fiasco, and it just went downhill. I went how, I love how, like, when we were talking about it, we were, like, we're so looking forward to, yeah. like, Guardians 3 and what's supposed to happen, yeah. and then it's like... So, so it's delayed now, and... Oh, good. The delay is fine. Yeah, but do, do you think it's the delay? Okay, so here's... So here are yeah, the ripples let's, of, let's, of, of that. So James Gunn gets fired for being a normal human being and making lewd jokes on crude jokes yeah. on, on Twitter eons ago. Yeah. Um, but, you know, politically speaking, tit for tat, you want to fire Republicans, we're going to fire liberals. And so you can't pick and choose who you want to fire. So Disney's forced to fire James Gunn. Yeah. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy fans go berserk. Yep. Um, Marvel fans go crazy. But then so does the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy, and they all kind of stand by James Gunn. But, um, but some more accentuated more so than, than others. others. Dave Batista. Exactly. Um, which brings us to where we are today, to where Dave Batista is basically saying he's not sure he's going to be coming back for Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Um, aside from the fact that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 has also been delayed, aside from the fact that the Rousseau brothers have basically hinted that we don't know what events are going to occur in Avengers 4 that could potentially reshape what happens with Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. So it's a very, very confusing. <laughs> Look, at, at first I kind of respected what Batista was doing, stand up, standing up for his friend and like someone he's close to. But I think he's made a lot of mistakes. He even revealed certain things about Guardians 4, regard, uh, sorry, uh, Avengers 4, mm -hmm. regarding the Guardians role in right. that film. And I'm not going to say what it is because I don't. If you don't know, good for you. Don't don't look it up. Because if you guys haven't figured it out yet, when it comes to spoilers, Hadi is so anti-spoiler. Yeah. I'm not 100% for spoilers, but there are some spoilers that are just too juicy to resist. Yeah, but I can't. I can't. No, I can't. You're so so pure. <laughs> I would get really like ticked off if someone spoiled something for me. So like that one time somebody when they bought the the Harry Potter sixth book and somebody oh that guy the first guy that bought the book skips around to the end and then goes Dumbledore dies and then they beat him up <laughs> <laughs> yeah basically and took away his book exactly Ooh. um so okay so then Dave Batista so, yeah. not sure if he's coming back uh, uh, uh Marvel has been speaking to a bunch of different directors they spoke to Taika Waititi I can never get his name right is it Taika yeah okay Taika Waititi um, they spoke to him. We are not sure if it's because of Guardians uh, uh, 3 or some other franchise, uh, like some other hero character. Maybe they want to bring him back for a Thor film. We're not 100% sure. Mm -hmm. But a lot of us are speculating that it is for Guardians 3. A lot of us believe, and I'm mm -hmm. one of those people that believes, he would be the best yep. choice um, because Thor Ragnarok is probably one of the better Thor films. Absolutely. Um, and he kind of gets the colorful... 
jokey sense of humor kind of thing. Um, I, I can see him taking the role of James Gunn because James Gunn had a much bigger role than just directing Guardians yeah, 3. Yeah, there were rumors that he was going to be spreading, right? Yeah, uh, spreading into the galactic uh, yeah. universe of Marvel and handing, uh, handling all of that. And I, I do see Taika Waititi being able to do that. So g- very good choice. I hope they go down this direction. Dave Batista, I think they'll be able to solve it in uh, Infinity War, yeah. if they want, worst the, the case scenario, 4. they kill him off. They, they can, they can completely kill him yeah. off. Uh, they can recast him. Sure. I mean, it's it's not. He wouldn't be the first actor that's been recast in a sequel to to, sure, to a movie. Sure. Uh, I think he's making too much of a big deal out of it. He's being mm-hmm. too aggressive. He's he's starting to become toxic. Well, right, because he's also putting. He's also prioritizing James Gunn over his fan base and the franchise, and that becomes problematic. Uh, Continuing on with Marvel, uh, the first images of Captain Marvel uh, were released. They look pretty dope. Yep. Um, I'm not a big fan of Entertainment Weekly's uh, little tagline, um, although we have to deal with it, but, um, you know, the future is female. Not to be opinionated, but that it, it just irks me so much when they play up for this. It's like, we get it. She's a strong superhero. Stop. We, we don't need to be reminded that everybody in Hollywood believes that the future is female. It's cool. I have nothing against women and women in power. You just don't need to force feed it every single time you release an image of Captain Marvel. We get it. Yeah, but she's the first superhero. The MCU is, you know, like who has a solo movie, who has a big part. Let's see how it goes. I mean... I love the pictures, but on a side note, Look, a, I was very excited. Yes. I loved seeing uh, characters from Guardians. Yeah. Uh, Ronan yeah. the Accuser, mm-hmm. uh, Jimon Hutsu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, his character uh, is in one of the pictures. There were a lot of comments online about the Kree. Yeah. Uh, the way they look, some memes yep, were yep, circulating, yep. but but it's very nice, and I can't wait to see how this is all gonna tie. Oh, oh and a young Nick Fury with two eyes. Yes, that, that was pretty badass, and I can't wait to see how it's all gonna like tie in, tie in. Sure. With uh, look, Infinity I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited for the movie again. Don't misunderstand my uh, opinionated, you know, ideological side mm-hmm. to my excitement for Captain Marvel. I am pretty psyched about the film. Um, I read up on the Captain Marvel kind yeah. of storyline. Apparently, there are rumors saying that Kevin Feige might be taking some uh, artistic liberties. license or artistic liberties yeah. uh, with how it's going to, uh, how she is, because there, um, in the comic books, apparently, it's an explosion that causes her DNA to merge with Cree DNA. DNA. Yeah. But according to the rumors about Feige's artistic liberties, he might be making her half Cree, mm-hmm. as in she's half human, half Cree, not a DNA merger. A la, Pe- a la, Quill. A la Peter Quill. Quill, yeah. So um, all in all, I'm excited for it. It, it does look pretty interesting. I mean, uh, it's a period piece as well. Yeah, which 90, set in the 90s. It, which is exciting yeah. to see Marvel in that decade, uh, the MCU in that yeah. decade. So I am pretty excited about it. Um, speaking of uh, uh, sequels and whatnot... Ah, <sighs> you sent me this almost like two weeks ago, a week ago. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I don't know why this is happening. So A Quiet Place is getting a sequel. Yeah. Because business. Because money. Yeah, because business. Because pesos, dollars. La side. Yen, euros. Really? Yeah. I mean, the movie was so good. Why, why, why are we sequelizing it? Is that even a word? 
It could be. Can we make it a word? Let's make it a word. Okay, Sequelize. The sequelizer. Denzel would be good in that film. Uh, <laughs> he kills all the sequels. We don't want. Oh, man. Wow. That, makes, that would make a great movie. <laughs> um, so A Quiet Place is getting a sequel. Um, John Krasinski is attached. We just don't know how much he is attached. Um, there, are, there is speculation that he's only going to be attached a, as a producer, not mm-hmm. necessarily as a director. This would break my heart so much. Um, I would love him to direct the sequel if they are that adamant on making a sequel. Yeah. Um, on the other side of sequels, Top Gun Maverick is delayed. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's a big deal because it's been out there for the past. Yeah, I mean. Like, what's one more year? What's one more year of waiting for uh, Tom Cruise and his Ray-Bans? But the cast is kind of like dope. I mean, I like Miles Stiller. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'm a big fan of Miles Stiller. It's got a big cast. So many names, yeah. so many returning names. Yeah. Uh, Val I mean, Kilmer is returning, isn't he? Yeah, Val yeah. Kilmer, Tom Cruise, is, isn't it? Uh, I forgot, but there, like, there was a list of so many actors in it. and I can see everybody in my mom's generation, all the women in my mom's generation are all going to be going to see this movie. But again, they're playing on nostalgia with this film. Because yeah, they you also are. have with the, the, the new kids, like Miles Teller. So, yep. so younger people are going to see that, the parents are going to see that. Yep. We're going to see that. And Miles so. Teller's playing the son of um, uh, the guy Goose. that... Yeah. Isn't I, the, think, I think Goose. Goose dies, doesn't yes, he? Yeah. yeah. So, played um, by Anthony Edwards yeah. from ER. So um, he Miles Teller is, I think, is a great casting mm-hmm. for uh, uh, Goose's son. Um, so, yeah. Talk about nostalgia. Yeah. Now, let's see how it goes. It's fine. I don't have a problem with that being delayed. I have a bigger problem with A Quiet Place having a sequel. Yeah, just, same here. Just leave because it, leave it, it where it so was. Cu- I mean, it's so good. It's so good. The ending is so epic, and that movie is yeah, such a great film. Like, was, we don't need to know what happens next. It was good the way it was. That's it. Ugh, whatever. I mean, it's all about expanding universes now, anyway. Let's hope it goes out of World War Z, where they said there's a sequel and it kept on being pushed, 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 and it hasn't happened since. Good. So let's hope uh, you yeah. know, this happens with The Quiet Place. Um, just really quickly, um, before we jump into the last thing we're going to talk about, before we take our final musical break and we jump into recommendations and the box office, um, Henry Cavill has been cast as the lead in Netflix's The Witcher, which is based on the game of the same name. Yeah. I'm a poet and mm-hmm. I, I no, know it. You know, I know I'm a yeah. poet. Um, so I'm excited for this. I'm a fan of Henry Cavill. I've been a fan of his since the Count of Monte Cristo and his uh, uh, TV series, not his alone, but the TV series he was on, he was uh, on the Tudors. Mm-hmm. He, he did a fantastic job on those. Um, I believe his uh, stint as Clark Kent has been misjudged. Um, it's not the greatest acting performance, but it has been misjudged in my opinion. Um, but he was really good in Mission Impossible. So. He was good. Yeah, he was okay. I, I didn't have a problem with him. He, he, he's he's not a person I dislike, but he's not a person I like either. Yeah. I still think I have to see something and go, wow, this guy is talented. Hopefully it could be The Witcher. Maybe. And I, I, like, I'm not into gaming that much. Oh, I, I kind of like read about the whole yeah. monster kind of thing. I mean, I hope very, it's cool. It's very like and, gothic horror yeah, kind of thing. And it's thing. Netflix. And it's Netflix. So, so. Could, could be could be interesting. Yeah, Th- blood, they're known for their series. So yeah. Yeah, um, I'm excited for that. Okay, finally, what TV show we are about to enter the new fall season of television? Um, a lot of new TV shows are coming out. A lot of old ones are returning. A lot of even more older ones are being rebooted. Uh, Magnum P.I., Murphy Brown, the list can go on. On and on. Um, uh, so are there any TV shows that you are looking forward to in the coming fall season? Uh, and by fall, we're talking 2018. We haven't, we're not talking yeah. 2019. 
There are three shows. One of them I will save as a recommendation. Okay. And two are, uh, the first one is Maniac. Uh, which oh, is yeah. MS an original Stone show, Emma Stone uh, and Jonah Hill yeah. on Netflix. It looks very interesting and very trippy. inception And very like it's going to make you like scratch your head yeah, and think. Yeah, yeah. Performances seem interesting. I mean, it's a trailer, so you can't yeah. really know much. Uh, but I, uh, I, 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 okay, I'm it's stuck. Oh my god, what's happening? <laughs> what on earth happened with what, you? Okay, rewind. Okay, so we haven't seen Emma Stone and Jonah Hill, I think, since Super Bad because yeah. they acted together. Yeah. So that was a genre, and this is a very different Completely genre. Completely different genre. So let, let's see how that goes. But I'm super excited about this, and. Uh, you want to go and then I go back, or how you want to do? Yeah, it? yeah go mean, ahead. Tell I'm me. not. Um, I'm. I'm. Uh, I'm torn because I, I. I. My. My sense of what I watch has shifted so much. So yeah. the majority of the shows that I've literally fallen in love with won't be coming out until 2019. Yep. Um, but I am looking forward to the new season of Last Man Standing. It's Tim Allen's uh, new sitcom, which was canceled off of ABC, but then yeah. Fox saved it. Um, I am, and then you can go now. Yeah. I- Okay, so The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead started off as a really, really good show uh-huh. and then slumped and then went up and down and then last season was all right. Okay. But now here's the very interesting thing is that the main actor, Andrew Lincoln, is uh, quitting. Oh. He's, uh, he wants to spend time with his family and so he's going to be leaving this uh, season but not at the end of it. He's, he has like four or five episodes probably and he leaves. So no one knows if he's going to be killed off or whatnot. So I'm actually curious to see okay. how he's going to leave the show and what's going to happen next. Okay. How the show will evolve. And I saw the trailer for the new season. It looks quite interesting. They have new actors. Uh, I think Josh Gad has uh, oh, a small part, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I On could The Walking be. Dead? Yeah, I think so. Huh. I'll double check. But yeah, so it, it looked very interesting. Okay. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, there are a lot of shows um, that are coming out. There are new shows that are coming out that I'm actually curious to watch. One of them is produced by Ridley Scott, and it's called The Passage. It looks pretty interesting. Um, And there is another one uh, called God Friended Me, and it's going to be on CBS. And it looks pretty interesting as well. Godfriend. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But those are new shows. They haven't really. Uh, it's going to be like the premiere for them this mm-hmm. year. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, the majority of the stuff I'm looking forward to is in 2019, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, The Expanse, Game of Thrones, uh, the new season of Yellowstone. Um, you know, a whole bunch of stuff. Cool. And you? What, was uh, that it? The, the last one is going to be my recommendation. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. All right. You, you stole that. Yeah. Okay. Super, super quick. It's Dan Fogler, not uh, uh, Josh Gad. Okay. Dan the Fogler. guy from uh, Fantastic Beasts. Oh. Okay. The chubby guy. Okay. 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 Cool. 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 Okay. Um, we are back here on Radio Lebanon 96.2 FM. Uh, this is Script to Screen News Hour. Really quick because. Um, and every time we get to this to this segment uh, and to this part, we, we are running short on time. And, but we'll and, make it work. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll make work it work it. eventually. Eventually, we'll make it work. So uh, this is the box office, the local box office. What are our top five films this week? How do you go ahead with the first one? All right. It's an Egyptian film called El Badla. The Suit. Yeah, The Suit with 8,400 uh, entries. 8,400 entries. Okay, awesome. The second Second film uh, in our top uh, box office. Maybe next time we should have done them 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Ooh. That would have been much better. 
Okay. All right. Well, that's for next time. Number two <laughs> is uh, Warner Brothers is The Meg uh, with 7,300 entries. Third one is Mission Impossible Fallout with 5,200 5, entries. Yeah, that's 5,200 entries for the past week, not what they've done <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is one week. Summer. This is seven so, days. So yeah, this is just the past seven days, and and in Lebanon, the movie week starts on Thursday and yeah. ends on Wednesday. Absolutely. Um, okay, so number four is Slenderman with four thousand seven hundred entries, and finally, Destination Wedding with Keanu Reeves and Winona Ryder with four thousand six hundred entries. Awesome! Awesome! Yep. So that's it. These are our top five in the local Lebanese box office. Uh, uh, straight to script to screen recommends. Uh, had. Yeah, so obviously I'm recommending a series. Cool, 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 cool. Well, no, that doubt. comes out in 2019. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so I'm going to talk about The Man in the High Castle, oh. which was a really... And here I thought you were going to do Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No, Brooklyn Nine-Nine is 29, next year. Doesn't yeah, come out. Yeah, but this we year. had spoken. Okay. No, but then we saw, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. You remember? Do you remember? Okay. So yeah, the man in the high castle is basically what if uh, it's the first season starts out. What if the Nazis had won World mm -hmm. War Two, and it's set, I guess, in the fifties. And then it develops into parallel universes and stuff. It's Ooh. really mind-blowing, very interesting show. Season three kicks off in October. Uh, great performances. And you've seen both seasons? Yeah, season one yeah I've seen the first oh, wow, two okay. seasons. They were really good. It's a really good show. So check that out. I have it on my queue. I just, n I've never actually sat down to check watch it. Check it out, check it out. I've it's seen the pilot maybe seven times. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, go beyond the pilot. I mean. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as for me, it's going to be a movie for me this week that I watched uh, yesterday with my father. Um, uh, directed, co-directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz mm -hmm. by the name of The Dark Crystal. Yeah. And Wow. Just wow, the amount of work in that film. It's a very simple story. I'm not going to give it away. Just go watch it if you're a fantasy fan and if you're into animatronics and puppetry because it is mind-blowing awesome. what they were able to do. And Netflix is releasing a 10-episode series next year mm -hmm. um, called The Dark Crystal Age of Resistance, but it has been promised that it is going to be done as original with puppetry Puppets. and animatronics with a little bit of VFX, but not too much. Uh, real quick, if you want to follow us on social media, you can follow me at Alamahana and... Solo. Thank you so much. You can also listen to us on Spotify, Podbean, Podchaser, and Rami, Apple Podcasts. We're everywhere. You can watch us on YouTube. Make sure you tune in next Friday at 3 p.m. for another episode of Script to Screen, Screen, Screen Spotlight, and on Saturday... <laughs> Fourth script to screen at news hour. Thank you so much for tuning in. See you next week. Cue the credits. Au revoir.